If you will, please stand with me as we reverence the word of God. Again, that's 2 Samuel 12, verses 13 through 20 and 24. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore, therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of the house arose and went in to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken, would not listen to our voice. How will he then vex himself, hurt himself, if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David received that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. And David comforted Bathsheba, verse 24, and for the lad. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her, and lay with her, and she bare a son. And he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. You may be seated. This morning I'd like to use for a subject the power of confession, repentance, and forgiveness. The power of confession, repentance, and forgiveness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for allowing us to assemble here this morning, Heavenly Father. We just thank you for all the many blessings that you bestow upon us. We just pray that your word would resonate with the hearts of your people. And if there's anyone here today that do not know you as their personal Savior, we just pray that they will yield to your will for their lives. We thank you for all the many blessings again that you bestow upon us, and we just thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your salvation that you offer freely. We pray that you will be in the midst this morning. See us as we safely through the service and see us as we leave this, depart this place as well. Build a hedge around us, Heavenly Father, and keep us safe on the dangerous highways and byways. We pray that you will be with us throughout this week, this coming week as well. Again, we thank you for all that you do for us. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The power of confession, <clears throat> repentance, and forgiveness. People of God, we're living in a day and time when confession and repentance appear to be almost a thing of the past. Unfortunately, society has become so very comfortable with sin. It's unfortunate, but all we have to do is turn on the television, turn on the computer, read a magazine, or even the newspaper, and sin is being advertised and encouraged and made to look like the most appealing and acceptable thing to do. Think about some of the reality shows such as The Housewives of Orange County. I know none of y'all watch that. The Housewives of Atlanta, Married to Medicine, for instance, Big Brother, and Empire, to name a few, where greed, envy, drugs, homosexuality, profanity, violence, and adultery are all magnified and glorified as something appealing to the viewers. We must be careful what we choose to watch and entertain in many of the television shows that are being aired on TV today. You see divorce, violence, jealousy, deceit, and hate, as well as many other sins, are the main focus and caveat of these shows. Social media, well, that's a sermon within itself. People of God, all Satan needs is a small crack 
and or a crease, if you will, in order to penetrate the walls of your homes and the lives of your family members and your children. Satan will use any means available to him to conquer, kill, and destroy our walk with the Lord. Be careful what and who you entertain, as evil spirits can and will try to attach themselves to you. Saints, what we put in our spirits is what will come out of it. How can we walk in the admonition of the Lord and walk in the spirit when we are constantly drawn to, listening to, and watching the filth advertised in many of our reality and television shows today? Feeding your spirit with entertainment such as this should cause a disturbance within your soul. And if it doesn't, have you asked yourself why? But oh, the power of confession, which is simply admitting when we are wrong and have sinned against the Lord, and true repentance, which is to be genuinely remorseful, to turn from, to forsake. People of God, turn your eyes, your minds, and your hearts toward the things of heaven. God looks at the heart of man and is faithful and just to forgive us when we truly confess and repent. The word of God says that he promises to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in Psalms it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I've shared these two scriptures because they relate to such a powerful story in the Bible of confession, repentance, and forgiveness. David was one of the most anointed leaders and musicians and worshipers in biblical history. David, like you and me, was also a man with many faults as well. He loved the Lord and worshiped him in spirit and truth. Do you know the story of David and Bathsheba? Well, in the spring, when kings would go off to war, and approximately about 10 years after David became established in Jerusalem, one evening David got up from his bed. And the, story, and the word of God says that David went up on the roof of his palace. And there he saw a woman bathing. And the word of God says that she was not just any normal woman. She was very beautiful to David. So beautiful that David saw fit to ask one of his servants to find out about her. The messenger asked David, isn't that Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Iliam was probably the same Iliam that served as a bodyguard and son of one of David's counsel. Uriah was also a member of David's royal army. Although a Hittite, Uriah was a believer and had adopted the Israelite faith. Uriah's name meant, my light is the Lord. It's important also to note that Uriah was very loyal to David and his position in the royal guard. Uriah was unaware that David had slept with his wife Bathsheba, and as a result of their adulterous affair, Bathsheba had become pregnant. She sent word to David of her, her conception. Excuse me. David, a man whom the Lord loved and favored, initially attempted to hide the sin by suggesting that Uriah go home and wash his feet. In other words, David suggested that Uriah go home and be with his wife. You see, Uriah had been away at war. Usually it was customary for soldiers after returning from war to reconnect with their families. David knew that Uriah had been away for, from his wife, so he figured he would entice Uriah by requesting that he go home immediately upon his return from war. You see, David was trying to hide his sin and the conception of the child with Bathsheba. Now, I can understand why David thought his suggestion would work. Imagine men and women of God, if you and I were away at war, and upon our return home, I think we all would be eager to reconnect with our families. I'm sure that upon his return home, we all would be eager to reconnect and to just reestablish that relationship that we have with our spouses and our children. Oh, but Uriah surprised David with his level of commitment and dedication to the royal guard and refused to go home as requested. Now, Uriah's devotion to the royal army placed David in a quandary. 
a difficult situation, if you will. David was perplexed and confused as to how he was going to hide his sin. Now, there are some people who think that if I just ride on, ride south, head south to Atlanta, or if I just head north toward Charlotte, no one will know. But how many of you know that the Lord is omnipresent? People of God, he is everywhere at the same time. He is omniscient, he is all-knowing, and he is omnipotent, which means he has all power in his hands to change or alter any situation that we can find ourselves in. There is nothing our Lord and Savior doesn't see, there is nothing he doesn't know, and there is no situation or problem he can't handle. Uriah, like most soldiers, was devoted to winning the war and devoted to his position in the royal army. He was also devoted to protecting the Ark of the Covenant. Uriah, after refusing to go home, asked David, how can I go to my house, eat, drink, and lie with my wife? Uriah was completely devoted to his duties of protecting the ark, which was believed to be in the field with Joab, David's nephew and head of the Israelite army, and the other soldiers in battle. While David, who should have been in battle, stayed back in Jerusalem, parlaying in the palace with one of his employees' wives. You see, David was faced with a decision the moment he walked upon the roof of the palace. You see, when sin enters the mind, we can do one of two things. We can rebuke it in the name of Jesus, or we can entertain it. We can rebuke it in the name of Jesus, or we can entertain it. The word of God says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Satan knows our vices, our weaknesses, and he will attempt to use them against us. But we can be encouraged because the word of God says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The more we pray and study the word of God, the more empowered we will be to fight against the attacks of Satan. We must pray and study God's word daily and exercise faith and we are tempted to do those things that are not pleasing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You must draw encouragement from the word of God and say to yourselves that great is he that is in me than he that is of this world. Because David's first attempt failed at making it appear as though Uriah was the father of the child conceived, David devised another plan of placing Bathsheba's husband Uriah on the front line of battle to be killed, thinking that he would be concealing and hiding his sin from Uriah. All right, now, David has committed adultery. We know that. Deception. And now he is contemplating murder. Again, there are two things we can do when sin enters the mind. We can rebuke it in the name of Jesus and or entertain it. What will you do? Even a man like David with the heart for God was vulnerable to Satan's attacks. We must walk in the spirit daily and ask the Lord, to order our steps and let not any iniquity have power over us. When ministering to young people at my church, I explained to them that we all will be tempted. And one of the best ways to avoid temptation and to avoid evil is when one is tempted is to turn away from it and to avoid it at all costs. I encourage them to be cautious of where they hang out and who they hang out with. I tell you, my grandmother would always say to, to our grandkids, your name and your reputation will go further than you ever will. What kind of legacy will you leave behind? You see, I tell them when sin enters the mind, there's always that moment when the spirit man and the flesh will meet each other. Thus begin the struggle between good and evil. The word of God in the book of Matthew says that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion or friend of fools will suffer harm. People to God, ask yourselves, who am I hanging out with? Are they chasing Christ or running for Satan? Remember, when, we, when tempted, we all have a decision to make. Rebuke it and or entertain it. David had a decision to make, and we all know he made several bad decisions. The second plan consisted of David sending a letter to Uriah, to Joab, the head of the Israelite army, giving orders that he place Uriah on the front line of battle. 
David knew that placing Uriah in position requested would likely cause Uriah to be killed quickly. Now imagine Uriah carrying his own death certificate and not being aware of it. You see, Uriah took a letter from his boss to his supervisor detailing his own demise, all because of his boss's greed and selfishness. You see, David allowed sin to fester and grow within him. If only David had chosen to utilize his God-given faith and rebuke Satan, none of this would have happened. In regards to the conception of the baby, why didn't David question the birth of the child? In the text, it's important to note that at the time of this adulterous affair that Bathsheba had just purified herself from her uncleanness. She had just become ceremonially clean after the seven-day period of, the mo of monthly impurity due to the woman's normal monthly cleansing. This is important to note because it signifies that Bathsheba was not already pregnant by her husband when David took her. David's plan succeeded and Uriah was killed in battle. Shortly afterwards, the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to David. Nathan began to share a scenario about a rich man and a poor man in their respective flock. The rich man who had plenty of sheep and cattle refused to sacrifice one of his sheep and, of his, uh, sheep and cattle. Instead, took the only lamb the poor man had and prepared it for a meal. The meal was prepared for the traveler that was passing through and had stopped at the rich man's home. It's important to note that it was no accident that the traveler stopped at the rich man's home. The rich man had plenty of food and cattle to spare, but the heart of greed caused the rich man to take the only lamb the poor man had to prepare for the traveler. The word of God says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Don't take your blessings for granted. You see, David lost sight of just how blessed he was and just how much favor the Lord had granted him. Sin will separate us, people of God, from the favor of God. The rich man, though he was given much, decided to take the only lamb the poor man had and prepared it for a meal for the traveler. It's important to note that the word of God reveals that the poor man's lamb was like family. It was a beloved family pet, and the children of the poor man played with the lamb. So to have it taken and slaughtered in the manner that it was devastated the poor man and his family. Nathan asked David what punishment should be rendered to the man of guilt. David, infuriated with the news of what had happened, responded with a resounding quick statement of judgment. David said, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity, no remorse. How often do we sin against each other or sin against God? or offend a friend or someone we may not even know and not have any pity or remorse. The word of God encourages us to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we should fall short and offend someone, it should affect us consciously. And if it does, and if we have the opportunity, we should try and make it right. Then Nathan said to the prophet, David, you are the man. Nathan provides David with a humbling reminder that he was anointed of God in his favor that would have given him anything he wanted and or asked for, in addition to what he had already possessed. David had shamely abused the royal power given to him by the Lord to shepherd his people. Nathan goes on to tell David the consequences he must suffer as a result of his sins. David acknowledges in verse 13 that he had sinned against the Lord. Nathan responded to David by saying that the Lord has forgiven your sin and you will not die. Again, the Lord had extended his grace, mercy, and favor to David. You see, the Lord knew David's heart and knew that David's repentance was real. In those times, it's important to note that the penalty for adultery and murder was death. David was spared because the Lord knew his heart. David's confession of repentance was real. David was genuinely remorseful for what he had done. True repentance, genuine remorse. Are we genuinely remorseful when we sin against God? 
when we are disobedient to his holy word. In verse 13, 14, we learn that Nathan shares with David that due to his sins, however, his son born to Bathsheba would die. There are consequences for sin. Later, and as we promised, the child was stricken with illness from the Lord. David, stricken with grief, besought the Lord on behalf of the child. In other words, David began to fast and pray to the Lord in order that he would spare the child. In verse 16, the word of God says that David fasted and laid all night long on the ground in repentance, refusing to accept bread from the elders in hopes that the Lord would spare his son. On the seventh day, the word of God says that the child died. David then asked his servant if his son was dead. Prior to responding, the servants were reluctant as they feared that David would do something harmful or desperate to himself. After receiving a response of yes, David then picked himself up, washed, put on lotion. Yes, young people, they had lotion back then. <laughs> cleaned his clothes and went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. It's important to note that David did not carry a grudge against the Lord because he knew that he was wrong. After worshiping in the house of the Lord, David then went to his own house, asked for food, and ate. It's important to note that David's lying on the ground all night long did not alter or change God's mind in regards to the consequences of his sin, but it brought David back into right fellowship with the Lord. You see, when we sin against God, we have a, to face the penalty of that sin. But when we ask for forgiveness, we are released from eternal damnation, and we are placed back into right fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. David's confession and repentance was from the heart, and the Lord forgave him. People of God, sin separates and tears us away from the presence of God. But true repentance restores our fellowship with him. The Lord loves us and wants to restore us and to use us for his glory. With that said, why are we so reluctant to confess our sins and repent? Many of us are fearful of what others might think of us or what they may say and do. We are afraid to come forward because we concern ourselves with the change in perception and research, reception others might have towards us. I tell you today that the freedom of being cleansed and washed in the blood is an experience that should be much more valuable than the opinion of others. Your relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, should be much more important to you than the opinion of others. In verse 24, we learn that the Lord honors true confession and repentance, and he also blesses us when we do things right and in order. David and Bathsheba were blessed with another son from their union. His name was Solomon, which means beloved, and the Lord loved him. Solomon succeeded his father in reigning over Israel and became one of the most powerful leaders in their history. He became such because of his heart towards God and God's people. As believers, what kind of heart do we display towards God and others? Is it a heart of greed, disobedience, jealousy, lust, pride, envy, selfishness, and unforgiveness? Or is it an humble heart of selfishness, of love, of acceptance, tolerance, confession, repentance, and forgiveness. The word of the Lord encouraged us to forgive others so that we might be forgiven. The Lord never said that we would not suffer trials and tribulations. Howbeit that despite all of our faults and shortcomings, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to extend his grace and mercy towards us. So why is it so hard for us to find it in our hearts to forgive each other? The word of God says that the three most important things to have are faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of them is love. People of God is when we do things the right way that the Lord blesses beyond measure. Some of us are missing out on blessings right now because of the inability to forgive a family member, an old friend, a neighbor, your spouse, or maybe some of the people you work and attend church with. I'm sure it's time to let go and let God. Harboring those feelings of unforgiveness 
only keeps us out of right fellowship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's important for us to remember that although David sinned and paid a lofty price for it, his confession and repentance produced the promise of God through his seed. Let us be like David, quick to repent with a heartfelt confession towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I urge you today to forgive your friend, to forgive your spouse, your children, your neighbor, your coworker, even that church member, and restore your praise and worship and your obedience to the word of God. If we allow the Lord to do a complete work in us while we are where we are, his promises of forgiveness and restoration are true. People of God, stop saying that I must get some things together before I come to the Lord. You can't get it together by your own power. The Lord will help you to get it together with the aid of the Holy Spirit. And after you accept his salvation, and if needed, confess and repent of your sins. The word of God says that being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I urge you today to forgive others. Go ahead and confess and repent as David did, and free yourself of the sins that are keeping you from reaching your destiny with the Lord. We must take the first step and choose to accept this salvation which is given freely. Repent after accepting salvation if we should fall short. And the Lord said in this word that he will be faithful and just to forgive us. As believers, we must be like David, the king one envied yet admired for his praise and worship, but quick to repent. With all of his faults and failures and sins, he was still a man after God's own heart. David truly loved God and took the necessary steps to do whatever he had to to restore his fellowship with the Lord. Faith is the key to understanding. In order to make spiritual progress, we must activate God's word in our lives through faith. After hearing, reading, and meditating on God's word, we must act on it. We must forgive others in order for the Lord to forgive us. Faith allows God's word to, to work in our lives. Let me try to give you an example of how faith is activated. I have with me in my pocket, if I can find it, it's a bad example of it, but it looks, this is an Alka-Seltzer. Uh, looks like it's already been used. Uh, we all know what an Alka-Seltzer is, right? Oh, okay, thanks a lot. I'm sorry. All right, we all know what would happen. My wife whispers when she talks in the home, too. Uh, we all know what would happen if I were to drop this tablet in the cup without water. Nothing, right? We add water, and what happens? It begins to, you can't hear it, but it begins to fizzle and sizzle. So the same is with the word of God. If we read God's word without faith, it does nothing. But when we read the word of God and we add faith, turn to your neighbor and say add faith. Then the word of God begins to fizzle and sizzle in our lives. Reading it and applying faith is what allows the word of God to work on your behalf. Add faith, people of God, to that difficult problem. Add faith to that difficult person on your job. Add faith when the doctor gives you a negative report. Add faith when your friends turn their backs on you. Add faith to that dream or goal that you have. Add faith and watch the Lord move mountains 
for you. We have to know by faith that when the word of God says that I am your refuge and very present help in trouble. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways submit to him and he shall direct your path. If we trust God, he will show us exactly which way to go. But we have to submit to him wholeheartedly. The Lord has a plan for Grace Presbyterian. He's ready to take you to the next level. But you've got to come together in prayer consistently. And you have to apply that collective faith in order for the, God, for the Lord to move. He's ready. Are you ready? Consistently pray. And trust God to move on your behalf. If, um, I'm sorry. We have to know that it does not matter what challenges this life sends our way. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is our refuge and he's our safe place. Salvation is about faith, not work. Exercising faith in God allows his word to work in our lives. You see, it does not matter how bad the situation may seem or how lofty the goal. When we pray with faith, trusting and believing the Lord, he will see us through. He will do just what his word says he will. The Lord said in his word that he will never leave us or forsake us. We must believe by faith that when the Lord leads you to it, he will see you through it. As believers, we are all ministers of the gospel. Your real message, your real message, my real message is the way that I live my life. It's the way that you live your life. The word of God encourages us to let our lives shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. You see, when our lives draw the attention of the lost and dead in Christ, we have sufficient proof to back up what we say. Faith and obedience to the word of God will give you the power to forgive others. I know that there's someone here today that may be saying, oh, but I can't forgive her for what he did. I can't forgive him for what he said. Repeat after me, great is he, great is he. that is in me, me. than he, he that is of this world. You see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will empower you through the Holy Spirit to do whatever you need for him to do, even forgiving that loved one or friend that you thought you could never forgive. David unlocked the power of forgiveness by first confessing and repenting of his sins. The word of God can do the same for us. All we have to do is yield to his word and will for our lives. The power of confession, repentance, and forgiveness. Oh, the power from on high that will help you to do whatever you need to do. People of God, our warfare is spiritual in nature. And to defeat Satan, we must put the word on him. David's warfare was sexual in nature. Your warfare may be financial, emotional, or social in nature. People of God, Satan has no respect to person. He will attack you on your job, within your home, and even in your place of worship. When Satan tempts you and knocks at your door, ask the Lord to answer it for you. We must tell Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Tell him I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Tell him I will look to the Lord. I will put my trust in God, my Savior. He will hear me. Tell him I will look to the hills for which cometh my help, for surely my help comes from the Lord. Tell him the Lord said in this word that all things whatsoever we shall ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive. Tell him the Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Tell him the Lord says, for I know the thoughts I have for you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, a bright and prosperous future. Tell Satan the Lord said that I will never leave you or forsake you. Tell him the Lord is your refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Tell him the Lord is my shepherd. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for thou art with me. Tell him the Lord said in Genesis that I am with you. I will watch over you everywhere you go. 
Tell him the Lord says, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And tell him that I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord wants someone here to know today that he is waiting to bless you financially with that promotion, with that new job, with that pay raise, your new business and career. But your unwillingness to step out on faith and forgive only causes the Lord to withhold your blessings. Confess today. Repent today and be forgiven and released from the grip and the penalty of sin. In closing, I ask you today, will you confess, repent, and forgive and be restored in the right fellowship with the Lord? It is my hope that you will. The word of God says, so whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us not allow sin and the spirit of unforgiveness to have control over us. The word of God encourages us to order our steps in his word and let not any iniquity have dominion over us. After David's fall, David wrote, I will set no wicked things before mine eyes. I will set no wicked things before mine eyes. So whether it's an affair, a television show, a visit to the gentleman's club, or an online fantasy, pull your eyes away because lust is like a tiger. Once uncaged, it will prowl through your mind and prey, P-R-E-Y, on your thoughts. What it won't do is willingly go back into its cage. So if you haven't looked, don't. If you have, pray, P-R-A-Y, for victory and get it out of your life. If there is someone here today that do not know the Lord as your personal Savior, I encourage you to accept this salvation before it's everlasting too late. The Word of God says that faith without works is dead. And in 1 John 1 and 9, it says, The Lord is faithful and just, that if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. People of God, the remainder of the day is not promised to us nor is tomorrow. Will you accept this salvation today and be restored by the power of confession, repentance, and forgiveness? Thank you.